Hello! You're sitting? I was going to stand a little bit. Is that okay? No, it's okay. It's okay. You may notice that the stage looks a little different than it did three minutes ago. No? Nobody knows. Okay, that's cool. Um, they couldn't see us. They could, oh, we turned the lights off. That's right. It's almost like we're high tech and know what we're doing sometimes. Uh, good morning. My name is Nick. I'm one of the pastors here, and today is a special day. Uh, this is the conclusion of our series, What's Love Got to Do With It? Now, two weeks ago, uh, Pastor Dave kicked it off with uh, talking about the goodness of singleness, and then last week, we talked about the meaning of marriage, and this whole series has been about reshaping how we think about marriage and singleness, how we think about our relationship status. There we go. I don't know who it was, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> reshaping how we think about our relationship status, that both of these things, marriage and signalness, are meant to be gifts. But not meant to be gifts where we are the primary beneficiary. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul speaks about the goodness of singleness, how it allows us the opportunity to further God's gospel and to do so unhindered by other commitments to families, to children, to spouses. And then the week after, we look at Ephesians chapter 5, where Paul speaks of marriage as a means of prioritizing others. That marriage isn't meant for our own personal fulfillment, but it's about loving and serving the other, and ultimately about loving and serving God. It's been a powerful series. If you've missed any of it, highly encourage. Go to our website. We've got all of, all of that uh, ready to go. You can watch it on YouTube. You can listen to it on a podcast while you're cooking. Whatever you want to do, uh, go and listen to it. But today we will conclude, and we're going to do so with a panel of people from within our church. And let me say, we are so excited about this. I'm just going to take a selfie. Okay. Can I be in it? Like, honestly, Pastor Peter has been, like, giddy. He's been squealing around the office all week because he's so excited for this. And I'm excited, too. I just don't squeal like you do. Anyways. <laughs> and so we have 10 people uh, from all sorts of walks of life who are going to be answering questions that have to do with relationships and faith. Now, we didn't scour the internet for the world's top scholars on faith and relationships, and that's intentional. See, this panel isn't about us sharing advice for how to live single or for how to get married or how to have the perfect marriage. This panel is about sharing our stories with one another, sharing our testimonies. This is an important part of what it means to be a Christian. And so it reminds me of Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. And so this is an opportunity this morning to give God glory. It's an opportunity for us to shine brightly. And in doing so, we hope that you will be encouraged. Firstly, that you'll be encouraged that you're not alone. And secondly, that you'll be encouraged to follow Jesus even better in your relationships. So without further ado, we're going to invite our panelists to come on down, find your seat, give them a big round of applause. Come on. 
Are you still clapping to the last person? Yeah, yeah, keep clapping, on, keep clapping, on, yeah. Here we go. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah, hey. yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep clapping, keep clapping. Yeah, yeah. Still clapping, still clapping, Listen, still clapping. Yeah, yeah. Pastor Dave is going to milk this. He's going to walk really slowly, really slowly, still clapping. And. Yeah, I think we're done clapping. Man, this is a good looking panel, too. Wow, wow. Um, my name is Peter, in case you guys didn't know. And I think we should probably go from left to right. And why don't we answer what uh, our, le are? our left or their le left? Let's do ours. We're, our we're, left. We're, yeah, I'll get confused. Um, I, don't, do I don't want them to get confused, that's all. Guys, we're going to do your right, my left. Um, <laughs> so we'll start with Brian. And you tell us, why don't you, why don't you tell us your name, what you do, and your relationship status. Okay, my name is Brian Char. I'm a husband, father, and a civil contractor. Oh, yeah, I'm a male. <laughs> uh, my name is Melanie Sharp, and I'm a daughter of a king, and a oh. wife, and a mother, and uh, in my spare time, full-time career as a realtor, and I'm happily married. I'm Dave Jennings, and um, I'm probably the oldest guy on this crew, and I'm probably one of the guys in a very unique situation where I am. Um, separated from my wife for a number of years. Um, I'm not old enough to retire, so I'm still working part-time as a custodian of the church. I love my work, I love my church, and I love my Lord. Wow. Mm. You get to keep that, Mike. They've got their own. Why don't, why don't we go with Simpson? <laughs> uh, my name is Simpson. I'm a father, husband, uh, chiropractor, and I'm happily married. <laughs> There's a question? Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm Marissa. I am a mother, a daughter, a wife, a financial analyst by trade, and I'm married to him. Almost over there. Alex? Oh, now we're going out, outward in. You, we talked this through, and you're changing on the fly. Okay, sorry. Go for it, Alex. I'm Alex. <laughs> Um, I am happily married to Connor, and I am a mother. We're expecting our first baby in about three weeks. <laughs> and I'm a wedding photographer. Yeah, I'm Connor. I'm married four years now. Um, I'm in the creative industry, marketing and art direction. I'm Rose, and I'm a psychiatric nurse. I work with uh, Fraser Hope. And I am a single mother of a beautiful girl. Aww. I'm Olivia, and I've been in a dating relationship for over a year now. And I am a student right now, and I'm going to Southern Pacific College for pastoral theology. Uh, hello, my name is Cindy. I am also a full-time student in the Counseling Foundations program, and I am single. Awesome. Okay, so we've got amazing panelists and we've got a huge list of questions. So we're going to try really hard to get through them. We will be done by 1 o'clock, I promise that. But uh, <laughs> 1.30? Oh, shoot. Uh, but to start off, Auntie Rose, I'm wondering, do you celebrate Valentine's Day? Yes, I do. 
I celebrate Valentine's Day every day with my girl, and we always go for cupcakes. Oh, cupcakes sounds so good. What about you, Brian? Are you a big Valentine's guy? Not really, because every day with my wife is like Valentine's Day. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> what about you, Alex? You, you're a big Valentine's person, right? Yeah, I love Valentine's. Call it cheesy, but growing up, my mom and dad would always make it such a big deal to me and my siblings, so yeah, I love it. That's so cool. And Pastor Dave, you were telling me some really cool things you do for Valentine's Day. But what did I tell you? <laughs> you forget? Uh-oh. Um, you know, not personally, I don't really celebrate, but I have a daughter, wonderful daughter. I have several daughters-in-law, and I just like to celebrate Valentine's with them, my own sister, we exchange cards. So there's a way to celebrate. Hmm, that's really cool. What about you, Simpson? Uh -oh. <laughs> Peter told me you had an answer to this, so if you don't, it's <laughs> Peter's fault. Okay, so do we officially celebrate Valentine's Day? Not particularly. Um, I guess the story they're looking for is second patient of the day, she comes in, she goes, Happy Valentine's Day. To my response was, Yeah, happy Valentine's Day. Can, 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 can you give me a second? <laughs> so I leave the treatment room and grab my phone and do, 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 do. Hey, sweetie. Good morning. Happy Valentine's Day. You forgot, didn't you? No. Yeah. So not officially, but we do recognize it. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, that's good. Okay, next question is, um, describe your perfect date, uh, either with a loved one or a friend. So let's start with Olivia. Um, to me, I don't really care what we do. I'm just someone who really loves quality time and just being with my boyfriend. And so for us, it's just as long as we're together doing something fun, that's all that really matters to me. Yeah. Um, what about you, Cindy? I think it definitely depends what date, but... I'm a big music fan, so if we can either listen to music, play music, anything in that department, there has to be a snack, or there may not be another date. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe like a sunset or a sunrise or something. I can use that. That's cool. Making music on a date. Nice. Wow. I like that. This is the first date? Maybe if they're feeling optimistic about hey. it. <laughs> Rachel and I met making music. Oh, yeah, you, guys wrote, you guys wrote a song together on your first date. No, not wrote a song. We recorded it, though. So if anybody wants to hear Rachel and I falling in love. the lobby and you can yeah. purchase that for $15. $15? $50. $50, yeah. Come on. We've got another kid coming. We've got to afford it. Uh, I'd say for us that we love to travel. So road trips and um, hikes and stuff and then good food. And mm. always down for the, the search for good donuts or a coffee shop and yeah. So what's what's been like the best good food that you've gotten then on a date then? Ooh. I'm sorry, I didn't ask you this beforehand, but you just our local new favorite, like if we're celebrating something big is uh, restaurant sixty two. Uh, which is yeah. like next level food and yeah. top they've won a ton of awards and really good chef and stuff, so it's a spot, but it's sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, question number two, or three? Oh, I don't know. I shouldn't say numbers. Uh, how, how do you choose who to date? Dave, let's start with you. <laughs> um, I'm in a unique situation where I like to be around women, but I really can't date women. 
Um, I enjoy them. But, you know, to be friends with a woman, I like someone who's vivacious, outgoing, lively, um, keeps me in line, keeps me in tune. Hmm. Good friendship. Yeah. Hmm. That's awesome. Uh, what about uh, Olivia? Uh, sorry, I would have to remember where everybody is. <laughs> um, for me, well, I mean, like, I go to Bible college, and so there's a variety of programs, like, um, for people who want to be missionaries, and so when looking for someone to date, um, for me and my boyfriend Clay, it was really important that we both had very similar life goals. And for me, I wasn't necessarily going to date someone who wanted to be a missionary because I know that I've been called to serve the local church and be a pastor there. And so I just didn't think that was something that I wanted to look into. But me and Clay both know that we want to work in the local church. And that was just something that we said, hey, this would be great for us. And so, yeah, same life goals. What about you, Brian and Mel? How did you guys choose who to date? Well, I think we were actually set up. Um, my, our moms went to Bible college at 19, and then through the years, they ended up being uh, friends, and we ended up meeting in nursery, so I kind of joked that we were in arranged marriage. Oh, <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> that's awesome. Do you have anything to add, Brian? Well, that's pretty accurate, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, that's was, I was in youth group here. They had an interesting... Uh, event where the girls all brought a meal and then you had to bid on it. Mm -hmm. The boys bid on it and then you ate it together at the youth group. So, wow. I spent a lot of money that night. <laughs> um, but Only bidding on one meal or multiple oh, meals? No, just one. I was one and the bids just were going one. up and up and up. Yeah. And, yeah, I think it cost more than the food was worth, but <laughs> it was the best meal I had. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, Marissa? Um, for me, it was two main things. Uh, number one was having a sense of humor, and number mm -hmm. two was being able to hold a conversation. Mm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, my question for you guys: Check, check. What's a relationship from the Bible that you guys admire? So why don't we put Auntie Rose in the spot, and then we can go to Dave after. Um, I do admire Ruth a lot, her courage, her tenacity, her faith. Hmm. Um, like Pastor uh, Dave spoke in the beginning, she used her singleness to comfort Naomi. Hmm. Though she too was, she was suffering from the loss of a loved one, she could have decided to go back to her hometown, remarry and keep going. But she decided to be single and follow Naomi where Naomi was going. Right. And God used her to bring love into Naomi's life. God used her to bring so much more than just her singleness yeah. into mm -hmm. Naomi's life. So Ruth is someone that I really genuinely love in the Bible. Mm -hmm. It was a hard decision to make because most of the relationships in the Bible were flawed. Really. So, um, the one that came to me was Peter and the Lord Jesus. Uh, Peter was a flawed man. Um, he was a man who failed. He was a man who was discouraged and distraught. And I looked at the story of how Jesus met him on the seashore 
invited him for a meal, for fellowship. And through that process, there was forgiveness, there was a restoration, there was love, and there was a commissioning. And uh, having come through, uh, you know, uh, marriage uh, ending and, and um, feeling um, kind of all alone and uh, broken and weak and having failed, um, I look to the Lord for my relationship. Mm -hmm. And um, he's been so faithful. Yeah. And I've said that when, I'm, when this is all over, and I guess it's still ongoing, but I still want to look like a Christian. Hmm. And if I can witness to the world that I've come through a marriage separation and all the hurt and the pain and the healing process and still be a Christian, that's an absolute marvelous testimony. So I'm thankful that Peter became a very powerful servant of God, hmm. having first failed, given his flaws to the Lord, and been healed, and went on to be a great guy. Hmm. That's my goal. That's really cool. Awesome. You might notice we're transitioning to some like deeper questions. It's, it's, it's going to get real, I promise. Uh, so next question, how has your relationship status affected your life with God? Connor, we're going to start with you. Sure. Um, I think it's definitely enhanced the relationship with God. Um, there's something special about having your own relationship and path with God, but once you're married and you have that, that person uh, to keep you accountable, to encourage you, uh, to pray with, like, we've all been there when you're praying by yourself and you just fall asleep at night, um, but then when you're together and you make that, that goal of praying together every night, and, um, yeah, just something that we're working on, it's one of our new goals for 2023 was to, to make God more of a focus in our relationship, so instead of just pursuing Him separately, which is still good, uh, but to also try to pursue Him together. Yeah, love that. What about you, Cindy? Sin Dizzle? <laughs> Come on. Um, I think for me, it's allowed me to serve like the local church, but also just to have such a personal relationship with Jesus in a way that I feel like I haven't been able to before when I've been in relationships. Just because I can serve to any point in the day. I can get up early. I can come late to do youth or whatever it is. Um, and in that, I think I've learned to start from like... Where, what the Bible says, and if the Bible is teaching me where love is coming from and teaching me what love actually looks like, um, it's making me grow even stronger in my faith. So therefore, when I do get into a relationship and when that does happen, I'm able to actually love in a, in a proper way, in a Christ-centered way. And so I think just being single is super unique because I can just learn all the things, I can make mistakes, and no one's going to yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. What about you, Brian? Well, um, my marriage is, I look at it as the way that um, Jesus, with the church, so in Ephesians chapter 5, talks about you know, to love, love your wife, honor your wife, just as Christ loved the church and what he's done for the church. Hmm. Well, he died for everyone here. So, I mean, I look at that thing, am I willing to die for my wife? And hmm. I can honestly say, yes, I am. Originally, when I met her, no, probably not necessarily, but <laughs> pay a lot of money for a meal. Rules, <laughs> and and Christ is the example of what He's done, like for like with the church, His relationship with His church is how we're supposed to mirror our relationship with our wives. So that's mm -hmm. why I love that. That's awesome. What about you, Marissa? How has your relationship status affected your life with God? So Simpson and I have a two-part 
dating chapters, I would say, and I've always kind of believed that we were earmarked for each other. Uh, I lived in a different city, he lived here in Abbotsford. We dated, we met, we dated. We didn't really like each other when we first dated. And then we, like, when we realized that, we separated and went our own ways and lived our own lives. I was very happy living my life. He went on and li happily lived his life. But I always felt the Holy Spirit just say, you know, um, I, need, I want you to hear me on this. I want you to connect with him. And at that time, he was going through his own heartache. Um, his mother had been diagnosed with leukemia, and that had the, she had lost the battle to that. And so just the, I can hear it and feel it. The Holy Spirit said, check in on him. Hmm. Check how he's doing. And I was thinking, well, I'm kind of busy. Like, I, I have my own life here. Like, I have no intentions on reconnecting or rekindling. He's like, I just want you to check in. So I listened and I followed and I did. And that's how, along the way, or the second chapter of our love story kind of came about. Mm -hmm. So from there, I really saw how the Holy Spirit and God really asked me to follow mm -hmm. and just obey. That's really cool. What about for you, Simpson? How, how has your marriage Im impacted how you, how you live your life? I'm just a different person. Um, uh, I'm better. I'm accountable. Um, just the way you speak, the way you think and process things, the way you act. I think that's what's changed the most, for mm. sure. And I think uh, at the same time, people recognize that. And, um, and that's how my relationship has, has grown. Hmm. That's really cool. What about for you, Pastor Dave? How has your present relationship status impacted your life with God? Well, certainly, um, when I was separated, it was a very painful process. And so I, I went to God and, um, you know, I revealed my weakness, my feelings, and he was marvelous to help healing. Um, and so, over the years, um, it's been an enriching process going to God on a regular basis, maybe in a deeper way than I had before. And, um, well, it's just, it's been marvelous what he's done in my life. And I also appreciate the church. Uh, I was belonged to a men's group at that time, and they were so supportive. Mm -hmm. uh, the Lord and Christian friends were just amazing. But I think, you know, I've had to uh, make my Christian walk sort of on my own, I didn't have a partner to spur me on or a partner to encourage me. Um, so I took the initiative and, and I chased the Lord and he chased me and we've developed a deeper relationship. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah, uh, if you're just joining us, we've been in this, love, in this sermon series called What's Love Got to Do With It? And Pastor Dave opened it with um, a sermon on singleness. And then last week he talked about the meaning of marriage. Um, I'm just curious from the panel here, like, what is something that stood out to you from the sermon series from the start with? Um, for me, I think the one thing that stood out to me was when Dave was talking about singleness, and one of his points was to not make marriage an idol and to, like, 
in the negative way don't desire marriage so much. And I think, like, since I was a little girl, like, you know, you always have those dreams of, like, oh, I want to get married, and I want to have a family, and this and that. And so I think that also translates to my relationship of, like, constantly asking the question, like, oh, when are we going to engage? When are we going to get married? This and that. But it almost, I think I was starting to idolize it a little bit. And when Dave said that, it kind of convicted me a little bit of, like, you know what, it's okay to appreciate the stage of where you're at right now and, like, appreciate the singleness, well, dating singleness, you know, that we still have and that I'm still able to do things right here, like, at APA without having to worry about having a spouse or this and that. And so, yeah, just that idea of not making marriage an idol in our dating relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Makes you appreciate the stage of life that you're at. Yeah, exactly. Alex, what about you? I think kind of similar to that, except from the perspective of, like, not trying to change my single friends into being married. Because <laughs> um, uh, when Dave said, like, yeah, just accept them for, like, the season that they're in and not constantly try to be, like, pushing them to, like, enter a different season. Because God clearly has them there for a period and a time for a reason. So instead encouraging them and just, like, loving on them for where they're at. Yeah, that's so good. I know for me, I'm always trying to set that's awesome. Mel, I have a question for you. When have you seen Brian push you closer to God? Good question. So the last three years, we've uh, been pushing each other uh, towards God. So anywhere from this year uh, for our kind of our New Year's resolution was read through the Bible. He's kicking my back. He's, he's done the New Testament. He's halfway through the Old. He's going hard. So that really gets, puts a fire in me to make sure I stay consistent in that. And then the other thing is um, just sharing our experiences with God. So he told me a time the other day, not that long ago, he was saying he was praying, and then he opened the Word of God, and exactly what he was praying was the scripture for that day. And I thought, God, that's what I want. I want that. I want to pray that. And, I, and then you show me that I'm praying the right thing, that I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. So yesterday, it wasn't planned on saying it, so yesterday, I'm, I'm praying, and I, I thought, oh, i got to go get my Bible, see if this is what the Lord wants me to pray. So open the Bible to the Old Testament. Nope, I'm like, it's not in the Old Testament. I flip it one more time, I'm like, oh, hey, there's a highlighted verse right here. Wouldn't you know exactly what I have been praying was written in Scripture. Wow. That's really cool. <laughs> uh, what about for you, Marissa? So I had uprooted my life from Edmonton to join Simpson here after we got married, and that was not an easy feat for me. Um, I was 29 when I got married. I had an established friendship circle. I had a great job. My family was all around me, so it was, it was a good life. So moving here and joining Simpson, being for, by myself for the most part without family and friends, that was a huge adjustment. So the first year of marriage, it's like two years, first two years of marriage was challenging for us. Mm. Not only just the marriage bit, but for me to feel settled and for Abbotsford to feel like home. Mm. That was a big one. Yeah. And just at that time, loneliness and unhappiness creeped into our marriage. And however, Simpson was very gracious, very patient and showed me what unconditional love, just like Jesus shows us every day, looks like. So we've worked through that, and it's been, it's been a really great ride so far. Yeah, that's really cool. 
What about for you, Brian? How how has how has Mel pushed you? Oh, she pushes me in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like we made more of a priority to get closer to God, and and I see what's happening in her life and how she's able to touch so many more people now that basically like our antennas are up and we're mm. it's like all the opportunities were there before, yeah. but now we're just more aware, and I think the Spirit of the Lord is put on us a little, well, not quite a bit, and now we're just, we're able to give words of encouragement when they need to be words of encouragement, when you don't even know, but you just yeah. get this, you, you just feel what's what's going on, and what really inspires me is my wife's prayer life, and how she prays for for our family, and, and things like that, and it's just a very inspirational thing, and it's, it's contagious. Hmm. Um, so, uh, being married, it's like you, you, you feed off each other, um, and it's, it, it works really well for us and when I'm down she's up I'm up she's down a lot of times and and we can um, you know we communicate and, and we get through things and and we give God all the glory that's really cool I love that what about for you Cindy how how have you seen friends push you um when I think about my friends, I think the word that comes to mind the most is constant. And so over the last couple of years, I think they've consistently pushed me towards Jesus. And, you know, when I've been down, they've prayed over me. They've lifted me up. They've brought me food when I haven't wanted to eat. They've believed. They've had faith more than I have at certain points in my life. And they've consistently wanted what's best for me. And I think they've also believed in me and believed in my calling in times where I haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you that don't know, Olivia is my roommate. And so, um, even just like with our friendship, I think on a, on a daily basis, if one of us is having a problem with anything, it's like, okay, but what does the Bible say about that? And we're really able to remind each other of what scripture says, and just, yeah, I think that even when we don't believe it ourselves, I've gotten to experience um, Jesus' love through my friends, and their constant reminder of how good God is, because mm. I think we can forget about it sometimes. Yeah, I love that. Don't need to be married to, to be challenged in your faith. No, you do not. <laughs> <laughs> what about for you guys, Connor and Alex? Um, I think for us, like, yeah, we've been been on a journey. We're still fresh in the marriage journey, but uh, we've definitely gone through a lot. And um, I can honestly say, like, yeah, with because of Ali, she's helped me grow a lot um, and a lot of closer to God and strengthened that relationship. Um, yeah, I've been like the past year been on the journey to forgive my dad. Uh, who left my family when I was like two and just like I carried a lot of that baggage and those generational ties into my marriage without knowing Um, and I think if you don't have that person to call you in love um, and especially as guys it's hard for us to be humble and say like yeah I have these issues or hey I'm troubled with this and so um, I think through Ali and through through God and prayer and working through that together um, that's been just an amazing transformation that I've seen and then I can bring that into my own relationship and you know, be the, the dad that I want to be for our baby girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, she just is always encouraging me and patient with me and uh, couldn't do it without her. So. Yeah. Anything to add, Alex? Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also think, too, like we did premarital counseling, but something that was like hard for us was like our first couple years of marriage, and there wasn't really anything offered in the church like post-marital counseling or like I don't know like it's not talked a lot um, about and so we had a couple like specific older married couples in our lives that were like checking in with us and really encouraging us Um, so I found that like really helped us like grow and continue to like push through 
um, things like and look to God. So. And that's so cool. I was reading uh, a book by Henry Cloud, and he was talking about sometimes with feedback, if we see it as like a as like a bad thing, we kind of push it off and see the danger. But when we welcome it, we can actually see so much fruit from it. And so it's really cool that you guys have embraced your friends or your significant other to like challenge you and bring you closer to God. Um, is this helping you guys, by the way? You guys get up there? Yeah? <laughs> good, good. We're actually on time so far. We're on time so far. I do have to close, so I don't oh, know no. what we're doing. Um, we're, we have a couple more questions. Um, what do you do when being single feels hard? Why don't we start with you, Pastor Dave? It's nice to have friends, and I will go out, get away from my home, visit with friends, socialize. That's wonderful. I talk to God. Yeah. And I, I've learned probably more recently uh, that I can share my feelings with the Lord. Mm. I grew up in a home, maybe it wasn't a lot of feelings shared, and uh, the culture I was raised in and so on. But um, when I'm alone in my own home, um, sometimes in the evening, the Lord and I, we have this conversation. Yeah. And it always ends up where he tells me that he loves me. <laughs> you know, it's just amazing. And um, the other night I was sitting at my computer uh, listening to worship, and the tears were flowing. The Lord was there. Wow. He was saying, I'm not alone. I haven't given up on you. You know, and that, that is so precious. I also talk to myself, and um, uh, yeah, sometimes as you get older, you do more of that. <laughs> and I had a little clip on my refrigerator that said, yes, I talk to myself. I often need expert advice. <laughs> but seriously, um, you know, if I feel lonely, I'll say, okay, why am I feeling lonely? You know, have I not read the Bible today? Have I not reached out to somebody today? What's gone on? And the Lord's so faithful. And um, you didn't ask this question, but one of the things I learned in this series is that it's okay to be single. It is a gift. And um, when you've come through a separation, sometimes you feel, well, now I'm a second-class citizen. Um, I blew it, you know, and all those kind of things. But the Lord's never done with us. Mm -hmm. And so I'm so thankful for the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Thank you, everybody. I cry about it. <laughs> um, no, I think very similar to what you were just saying, I think it's important for me to remember like why I'm feeling that way and often I have found it that it's because I'm feeling lonely in whatever way. And so yeah, I'll, I'll reach out to my friends, to my family, to whoever it is. Um, but also I do try to let myself feel out the emotions. I mean, I said this briefly earlier, but as someone who is really into the counseling field and to like emotional well-being, I think it's important to understand and not to like let bitterness or resentment form because that's when I think we can fall into like idolizing marriage and wanting these things so hard and so I let it I feel out what I need to feel like throw on a staffy movie if I need to and then I call my girls and we'll do something about it. <laughs> um, what about marriage? What do you feel when marriage feels hard? Um, I think communication has been our biggest uh, my biggest learning of what to do when, it, when things are hard and yeah. um, I think like if you don't communicate things, there's different expectations and that can bubble up into bitterness or passive aggressiveness. And I think um, just uniting your two communication styles because we are different people. Um, Allie is quick to forgive and move on and I'm still 
like, yeah, go for a walk in the rain and process it. Yes. Um, yeah, exactly. So I think just coming together and talking that out has been the best thing for us and something that we've like, looked at along the way and still working on. But um, I think for us, yeah, the communication piece. Mal, what about you? First of all, I take a deep breath. Then I pray. And then I uh, remember our family motto which is to treat Brian like the person he could be. Right. And uh, I'm very thankful to my father-in-law. He was a super smart man, just very compassionate. And he put together a whole family statement for our family to live by with 10 principles. And uh, we just reviewed that at Christmas. And it was really enlightening to remember where we came from and where we are going. And so by keeping those things in forefront when there's hard times, you've got, and of course the, the scripture, you know, and a lot of those principles were based off the scripture. So it was, a, it's a really good luck guideline how to live our lives together. Yeah, so good. Simpson, what do you do when marriage feels hard? Um, I... He's like, can we talk well, about I'll, this here? <laughs> do I have the license? Yeah, well. <laughs> I'll piggyback off of um, Marissa's story. Our first two years of marriage were very, very challenging and difficult. Um, and one of the things that got me by was a sermon series by Andy Stanley. It was about love and relationship, very similar to what you guys are doing now. Um, but one thing that he said that resonated a lot was love is a verb uh, and not a feeling. <laughs> and if we base our actions or words we say and our thoughts just strictly based on how we feel, that may not turn out very well. Um, so I take a step back and love anyways. <laughs> Regardless whether I feel like it or not, I love anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. Well, we talked about some hard stuff, but uh, let's talk about being surrounded by community. So, Auntie Rose, I'm going to start with you. When have you felt deeply supported in your faith by your spiritual community? I want first of all say thank you to ATA since I moved to Canada. Um, I was for 12 years ago, AP has been in my church. Mm. And um, being a single mom in the beginning wasn't easy. It's still not easy, but I found a community. I found a family. Miss Karen, Kara Ferrins, I think, the daycare teacher, she was so helpful. Um, a couple of years ago, I found myself in a situation where it was one of the most difficult times in my life. For about three years, I didn't work. I couldn't work. And I found support in this church. At the time, the pastoral team was Kim and Clark around. And just the prayers, they gave me so much hope. And I just say thank you because this has been a foundation in my faith since I came to, to Canada as well. Mm. What about for you, Connor? Yeah, I can speak similarly growing up with a single mom and two brothers. And uh, 
no doubt around and definitely put us through some hard times. And uh, because of the church that we grew up in, it was very real things that we could uh, learn and see that the body of church supporting us. Um, so I have lots of memories of us. They sent us to camp growing up because we couldn't afford it. They, uh, we'd get a knock on the door at Christmas and there'd be a big basket with a turkey and food and like all this stuff so we could enjoy a nice dinner. And, um, just lots of memories like that of the, uh, our basement flooded one year and the church sent over all these guys with their tools and me and the brothers were like, this is sweet, like you're on the job site. And all these guys that you can look up to are just helping out and um, I think there's been a lot of that that, that I've, I've truly seen. I think because of that, my brothers and I turned out a lot differently than we would have if we didn't have that support. Um, and so I think, yeah, just very grateful and that's God's just been there the whole time by providing that family and providing that support. So, yeah, Love that. That's so good. I also forgot. Yeah, I'll go for it. The youth team, Red Teaching Youth, thank you. Thank you for the work you're doing in the kids' lives. Mm -hmm. I see so much improvement in my daughter. I see her growing as a little girl whose foundation is based on God. Because sometimes it's challenging. She comes home with these questions. Oh, mom, why are some girls boys? And why are some boys girls? I say, you know, I can't answer that question, but ask Pastor Peter. for you, Mel? Well, 2006 was a very tough year. I'd been in a really bad, like in a six-week period of time, I was in a really bad car accident. We were rear-ended. The boys were with me. It was quite traumatic for them. I lost a baby girl at five months. I was pregnant at that time, and then my dad passed away. So it was a very, a very hard time. But, you know, the peace of God that came upon Myself personally and around our family was unbelievable. The, the community of the church prayed and lifted us up, brought meals, flowers, cards, and just was really there supporting during that time. What about for you, Brian? Um, for me, it would have been in 2011 when my dad passed away. We've been going to this church for whole lives. But I had so many people come up to me that I kind of knew, didn't totally know, but they just shared stories about my dad that was just inspiring. Um, I thought that was very, you know, that it just got me through that tough time because my dad and I were very quite close. And, um, I kind of model, try and model my life after him, but it's, it's kind of challenging sometimes because he was such a good guy. But I just, the, the church just gathered around and um, I'll never forget that. Like, just that they shared stories about how my dad touched their lives and and it just, you know, it did made, made me kind of step up and say, okay, now it's my turn. And mm -hmm. um, so now it's, you know, I've been spiritually at home, I've been spiritually at the house, so it, it kind of gave me a good kick in the rear end and, and say, hey, now it's your turn. And I also, you know, like I, my dad was on his deathbed there, like I, we had a good moment where <coughs> it was kind of like passing on the torch. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then I left the room, and the, my mom and my sister and everything were out there, and I, I told them what happened. And 
And I told them to keep me accountable. Mm. And I still want them to keep me accountable every day as I live my life, that, you know, knowing what the responsibility that God's put on my life and, and what I need to do. Mm. That's really cool. What about for you, Olivia? Um, for me, I think I've really felt so much support from my community here at APA and especially at the Summit. Um, a year ago, my dad passed away, and it was just such a hard experience, but the amount of people that have, like, reached out to me and texted me and prayed for me and just... There's just so many people in my community that provided a space for me to grieve, and I really don't think I would have been able to make it through, make it through that season and still going through it, but through that, and I just really believe that God placed so many amazing people in my life for this specific time, and it's through so many people here, and especially at Summit as well, that like have shown me God's love and peace, and they've shown me grace when I've dropped the ball on some things, and professors who have had grace for like assignments and stuff like that, and so... Yeah, I just, this year has, you guys have all made such an impact on me, and I just really appreciate it. Hmm. How about you, Simpson? What have you seen community surround you? I think my relationship with Christ started um, when I was developing a relationship with Don and Sonia Gertz. Um, moved to Abbotsford in 2003, didn't know anybody, and happened to live in the same apartment building as them and just being around them and them modeling what a relationship with Christ looks like and their marriage and their challenges and how they model that to me and inviting me to church and a lot of the relationships here was very consistent with what I've seen and I've just always felt welcomed and going through challenges and went through life was on Sonia always write me scripture or pray for me or ask me to pray with her and even before I had a relationship. So um, that's been very integral to hmm. uh, this being my home church. That's really cool. How about you, Alex? What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Uh, when have you felt deeply supported in your faith by your spiritual community? I would say, um, like, Connor and I are youth leaders, like, for the junior kids, and so I would say, like, leading those kids has been, like, a really big thing that's helped grow in my faith in Jesus, like, even just seeing, like, the kids, you know, coming and worshiping and being there, I really feel like the Holy Spirit is moving, um, especially, like, in the last few weeks, I just feel like he's been really present there, um, so I feel like it's been a blessing to be able to lead them, but then also having the kids teach me things as well. It's been really awesome. Oh, this has been so rich. Um, I have a question. How have you used your relationship status to serve God? Let's um, start with you, Pastor Dave. I guess uh, being single, I have more time to serve the Lord. And um, you know, I've been leading a connect group. Um, I work here part-time. I'm even out of this building. This is really my second home. Um, I'm involved in the community, in our condo, and so on. Um, but um, it's been good to have the opportunity to serve the Lord all these, all these years I've been apart. And, and um, it's, um, you know, I don't recommend being single just to serve the Lord, but 
since I'm in this position, I'm using it to uh, bless people and, and honor the Lord. Hmm. hospitality and uh, normally my husband is a much quieter person than me but I don't know you just give him a mic and he seems to open up <laughs> so he has partnered with me graciously letting me open our home to many people to come through and and uh, either just visit or serve meals and uh, and I just continually get reaffirmed from him that we're doing the right thing and we just want to be a beacon of light and then even when I go to the scripture don't you know I open up I think it's Second Peter 4, First Peter 4, and it talks about giving with opening your home, feeding people graciously, and loving on them, opening your mouth, and God's words will speak through you, and do it with a gracious heart. Yeah. And that's where we've been able to just serve others. Mm -hmm. So what about you? Just being a husband and a uh, father to two wonderful children, uh, spent a lot of time at the office and clinic and being in the position I'm in, seeing multiple, multiple people in a day, um, I'm able to resonate a lot more with their stories or their challenges or things that they share. Um, and I find that having that relationship with them, much like what we're doing here as a panel, hopefully with what I'm able to share from my own experiences, um, helps them as well. Yeah. Okay, we're going to wrap up with one final question. Up to this point, our panel has been doing an awesome job of not giving advice, but instead sharing story, but we told them they could ask or answer one question where they just got to give advice. So if you want to plug your ears for it, go for it. But they have some really cool things to say. So we're going we're gonna to start on this side and somehow make our way over here. And everybody's just going to answer. I, I guess I have to tell you the question. That's my bad. Uh, what's something that you wish you had learned earlier that would have impacted your faith and relationships? I'm looking back at my life now. 54 years old, and I, I wish I wasn't so busy when I was younger. Um, I'm just finally getting to the age where physically I'm not as <laughs> good a shape to do as much as I used to do when I was younger, but I think that's actually a blessing because um, now I take more time to, to spend time with people hmm. rather than just trying to get as much work done as I can and do whatever it takes to get it done. But actually, like, I have oh, 20 guys that work for us, and we've got a really group of guys, really good group of guys, but I get to share with them quite often that 
And 10 years ago, I wouldn't have thought twice about it. I said, just get your work done, let's go. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, we still, we still do well, get, get lots done, but I, I have a good relationship with each one of them now that um, not everyone is a Christian, but you know what? We've got, we've got a lot of influence with a lot of our other guys there, and, and we've got a good, good mix there. I believe that God's really put that together. That wasn't me. Um, that put the good group of guys together was a good influence. We're, we're what you call equally yoked. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think there's a lot happening right there in my own crew, um, crew of guys that's really inspirational. So I just, my, my only thing I've learned over life is the fact that, yeah, you got to take time to build relationships with people because, you know, our time on this earth is very brief. And that's, um, that's what's going to last beyond. And it's starting about building treasures in heaven, not on earth. And I, I would say uh, building scripture arsenal, and that meaning, like, uh, we go through a lot of stuff in life, and if I would have had scriptures in place at the time and had it ready, I don't think I would have had so many struggles. So, you know, just talking about being afraid, having all the scriptures, having hope, um, asking for wisdom. Lord, how do I deal with my child when he's out of control? I could have, if I would have had these scriptures kind of all in place and ready to go, I could just quickly go to those and I wouldn't have to be in a panic situation. Oh yeah, the, I have written down um, this verse for this situation. So that, that would be my recommendation. To young people, I would say, um, if you're in an unhealthy relationship, get out of it. Um, and I'm not necessarily talking about my previous marriage, but, um, you know, before I was married, I also had other relationships. Um, and I think sometimes you feel locked into a relationship. And to me, uh, if it's not a healthy relationship, if it's not honoring the Lord, get out of it. Um, that wasn't what I wrote down. What I wrote down was, uh, um, well, let me phrase it begin by saying, if you come into a relationship uh, where you have a certain amount of brokenness from your childhood, you you tend to want the other person to meet your needs, and um, that's not a healthy relationship either. And what I've learned over the years is um, any relationship is about the other person. And in fact, it's more about meeting their needs than having your own needs met. And uh, I've just found that as a really healthy way to relate to anybody look to them uh, as an opportunity to meet their needs, to bless them, and to serve them. Mm. And I recommend that. Mm. Uh, For myself, just, I think it's part of my personality, and I have to have free type A, and things have to be perfect, but my relationship with Christ, my walk with Christ doesn't have to be perfect, because I'm imperfect, and I used to beat myself up if I missed the day that I said I promised him that I would do. And, um, yeah, just that your growth and relationship doesn't have to be perfect. Hmm. Can you repeat the question? Um, yeah, absolutely. That's why I wrote it down, so I would remember. What's something that you wished you had learned earlier in life that would have affected your faith and relationships? Um, so mine's a little more simple. I think for relationships, in terms of relationships and marriage, um, don't be afraid to fight and argue with your partner. 
Um, that's okay, and, but remember that you're fighting to resolve and fighting for each other, not to win or for ego. Hmm. That's good advice. I don't know, Peter had you guys do all sorts of things. Yeah. Whoever wants to go first, go for it. <laughs> Connor, you've got a mic. You can, you can go for it. Sure. <laughs> Shake it up. Um, I think for me, uh, my encouragement, something I wish I had learned earlier, um, is that with marriage, uh, to not try to change each other, to suit each other, that embrace the differences. Um, and that, yeah, if you have different communication styles, different conflict resolution styles, you're not going to get married and all of a sudden they become like you and, oh yeah, they'll think the same way you do. Um, and so just embracing and encouraging each other to have those differences, but then learning to love those and, and you have to find that middle ground mm. of, yeah, Ali thinks this way, I think this way. And so let's communicate and figure it out uh, so that we can have that resolution. Yeah. Who are you going to pass the mic to? Left, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alex? Why don't we go with Alex? <laughs> um, something that I really learned, like in us being um, married, was the personal baggage that I bring into a marriage and things that I've struggled with can sometimes then become issues between us. Um, and so I think continuing to like work on my relationship with God because obviously we have a relationship together with God, but someday you know it's going to be me standing before Him and not me and Connor. It's just going to be me. So just continuing to like work through things and always pursue God at the front. Love that, Auntie Rose. I learned to stop struggling to fix people. <laughs> when I mean when I say that, I don't mean that giving up on people. But before I thought I could fix somebody, but as I got deeper in my spiritual life, I learned to love them at the point where they are and pray for them and leave God to do the change. So I quit struggling to change people. I just love them at that particular point where they are, pray for them, pray with them, and ask God to do the rest. Um, for me, I learned that relationships are so hard. They're difficult and sometimes they can be complicated, but if it's a God-honoring relationship and you both keep God at the center, it will be such a blessing to you and the other person. So just to keep on putting in hard work. Hmm. I think I wish I knew that honesty to yourself is just as important as honesty to other people. Um, because at the end of the day, like God knows what's in our hearts and in our minds. And if we can fool the people around us, we can never fool him. And so it's so important for us to, yeah, to be genuine about where we are and who we are and what we're going through. Because... Like similar to what everyone's been saying, if you're not, you're just going to end up, you know, hurt people, hurt people. And so, yeah, honesty is crucial. Hmm. That's everything, man. That's it. That's it. You said you were going to go from here. I am. I am. Can we give it up for our panels again? <laughs> I know I asked you guys. Um, actually, can I ask you guys to all stay? Stay with me. I just don't want to be up here by myself. Okay. <laughs> Um, I'm going to close off the service with just a couple of thoughts. Um, I would I'm going to try to stand. Yesterday I was playing a soccer game and I hurt my knee, so if you see me limping, some of you guys are like, <laughs> when I hurt my knee, it was kind of funny to see the reaction that everyone in my, my, 
my family. Oh, this is my power. <laughs> um, my dad came and prayed for my knee and he's like, so I was praying and after he was done praying, I was shaking. I'm like, Dad, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let's go home. There's a big sleep around. I'm rubbing it. It'll be good. <laughs> Megan's like, are you okay? Come on. She gives me a hug. My brother is teasing it. Bye. So that's why I'm living. Bye. I just want to wrap up this, uh, this series and this morning with our talk uh, with some thoughts. Okay, so I have, an, I have an invitation, I have an affirmation, and I have a challenge. Uh, let's look at the scripture. Let's go to Matthew 26. Matthew 25, sorry. It's a parable that Jesus shares. And let's start from verse 14. It says, Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and he trusted them. He trusted his money to them when he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, one bag of silver to the last, dividing it into portions of their abilities. He left on this trip. The servant who received the five bags began to invest the money, earned five times more. The servant with two bags of silver went to work, earned two more. The servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and, the master, and hid the master's money. After a long time, the master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they used their money. The servant who had entrusted with five bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver, I invested it, and I turned it into five more. The master said, the master was full of praise and said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling a small amount, so I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's go celebrate. The second servant who had two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest. I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling a small amount, so now I will give you more responsibilities. Let's go celebrate. Verse 24 says, The servant with one bag of silver said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant together. Uh, harvesting plants you didn't and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops and didn't plant and gathered crops and didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit the money in the bank? Or at least I could have, I could have got some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from the servant, give it to one of ten bags. Those who use well what they're given, even more will be given to them. And they will have an abundance. But those who do nothing, even the little that they have, will be taken. Just want to end there. Um, here's, here's the invitation. I want to invite you as a church that we're talking about this series to use your gifts. Use your gifts. Everyone in this room, your relationship status is a gift. Your relationship status is a gift. And the thing about a gift, the difference between the gift being like, like a gift and a burden or a curse, for lack of a better word, is it's predicated on who's leading your life. If Jesus is leading your life, that gift, that relationship status is actually a blessing. And we all have people in our lives where we are called to use that gift. We're called to bless them. Maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's your family, maybe it's your co-workers. Whatever the case is, you are called to use your gift to serve others. Can you imagine how cool would it be if the people in this church 
who have the time or maybe the commitment or maybe they have the financial resources or maybe they have the wisdom because of experience will be the ones that are taking someone out for coffee or for lunch or calling people or praying for people or reaching out to use their gifts. Can you imagine if we were the kind of people that loved and cared for our families the way Christ has loved us? Can you imagine what it would be like to raise kids, to raise our youth students in this church, to raise young adults, to raise seniors, to raise our middle-aged people here because we're using and actively using our gifts. You and I have gifts. Our relationship status is a gift, and we're called to use it. That's my invitation for you, is to use your gift. My affirmation is this. Don't compare. Don't compare what you have. God sees you. See, in this parable, Jesus tells us there's three people. There's the one that gets five bags, turns into ten. There's the one that gets two bags, turns into four, and one with one does nothing with it. See, the person with the five and the person with the two, five to ten and two to four, both of the same thing. They're the same thing. Because 50% of ten is five, and 50% of four is two. And so, so many of us, what we do is we compare. We say, God, you bless them with the amazing spouse. You bless them with the amazing family. You bless them with this. They don't have that pain. But here's the thing: is God doesn't. God looks at how you do with the little that He's given you. And if you compare, the Bible gives us this. The Bible tells us that it's not wise to compare to others because we don't have the same starting point. You and I don't have the same life. And so it doesn't make sense for you to think, God, why? You didn't give me that, so why should I do that? No, what He has trusted you with is what He is expecting and calling you to use. And the same thing with those two. It didn't make sense for the guy with the two to complain. Why does God have five? He did the best He can with the two. You have things in your life. You have gifts in your life that God is calling you to use. And if you look to the left, if you look to the right, you're just going to track yourself. Comparison will steal your blessing. It will steal your blessing. Let's not compare. Here's my last one that I want to challenge you guys. Is challenge the way that you see God. Challenge yourself how you really see God. Let's read verse 24 real quick. Of this passage. This is what it says. Then the servant with one bag of silver said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops that you didn't plant and gather anything cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. This is something that really hit me when I was thinking about this time together, and even as we were speaking on the panel was, I don't know how to say this in a nice way, but I think that the reason why we look at our relationship status as a burden is because we have a lack of understanding of who God is. And when you see God as someone that is punishing you and trapping you and sending all these things to you, you're going to think less about the stuff that He's giving you. You're not going to appreciate it. See, your purpose in relationship is determined by your perspective on who God is. If you see God as a just, loving God, you're going to understand that what He's given you, what He's trusted you with is a blessing. And in Him, He can multiply it and make it bigger. The little that you have, He can make it all that bigger. I know there's people in this room where you probably feel like you've failed. You've hurt the person you've relationship with. You've hurt your family. 
you feel like you've done so much and that's why you feel like maybe this is why I'm going through the season. Some of you guys, maybe we've done things in our past and that's why we feel like we're in the current season of life that we're in. I'm telling you right now, that is not true. A perspective of God is this, that God himself sent his only son who knew no sin to become sin so you and I can be set free. That means that when we believe in him, he washes our sins. The Bible says that as far as the east is from the west, so I have separated your sins from you. That means the mistakes that you and I have made in the past, he has pushed that away. He's a loving God. And you know what's really cool is the enemy can come to you and start using shame to distract you. Or you can be like, you don't deserve this good relationship. You don't deserve to be the kind of person that's blessing other people. But I'm telling you, when Jesus Christ is dead, it's so complete that that stuff doesn't even matter. It's what he says that you are and not what the enemy is saying that you are. And some of us in this room, we're so tired. Life is so busy. Families is hard. We were talking with Marissa and Simpson and they were telling us about their schedule. I'm like, man, you guys are troopers. <laughs> Going to work, kids, all that stuff. It's busy and you just feel tired and you feel drained. And I'm telling you, this is what Jesus' invitation is. Come to me, all those who are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. When you have a wrong perspective of who God is, you're going to try to hide your relationship status. You're going to try to use it in a different way. But he has invited you that this gift that I've given you in my hands, it's more than you even think. I'll end on this note. A couple of weeks ago, I went to a funeral. And it was, it was such a beautiful funeral. And they were sharing us a story of how this man and his wife started this amazing tradition where they would call people on their birthdays every single year. They would always call them on their birthdays and just kind of, like, they had a list and they would call them. And then sadly, um, the man, his wife passed away too, and so he kept the tradition going. He would call people on their birthdays and just wish them a birthday, he would text them. And I was like, man, so I actually even got to meet uh, him. He's actually, he was a member, he came to our church, his name was Ben, he's um, the father of Lorraine McEwen and the grandfather of many people in this room. He told me about how he had a prayer list and every single day he'd wake up at 5.30 and pray for all these different people and just cover them in blessing. And you know what's really cool about him? Is I'm sure he probably heard what he read in verse 24. That Jesus is going to see him when he crosses from heaven, from earth to heaven. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Because something that I know about you and I is we look up to people not because of their relationship status but what they do with their relationship status. You and I are impacted by people who didn't just brag about their relationship status, but what they did with their relationship status. You and I have gifts that God has given us, and He's going to look at you, not because you bragged about the resume that you have, but what you did with it. Life is so short, but I know you want to live for God. And if you're in this room and you feel short, I'm telling you, the gifts that He's given you are enough. In His hands, they're enough. So with one hand on your heart, and eyes closed, can you just start inviting God into this moment? God loves to be where He's invited. He's everywhere, but He dwells in moments like this. Just start inviting Him. In your own words, just say, here I am, Lord. Maybe there's something that we said tonight, or maybe this series that you want to invite Him into. Maybe it's your singleness, maybe it's your pain, maybe it's your trauma. Invite Him into that. Father, we just want to dedicate our lives to you. Thank you for being a good God. Thank you for being a God that cares and sees all of us. 
And on this topic of relationships, it can be very difficult because sometimes it brings so much hurt and pain and it's so tender. But Lord, you are close to the, to the brokenhearted. So in this moment, if there's anyone in here that feels heartbroken or they feel pain in this area or they feel weak, I just pray that they would feel your nearness in a new way. I pray that they would actually experience your goodness, God. You see us, O oh Lord. I pray for relationships and marriages that are going through a very difficult time and they've tried everything, God, and they just feel tired and burdened out. Would you please step in with your mighty power and mend hearts, God. We pray for relationships to heal in Jesus' name. We pray for you to bring peace and comfort, God. We pray for you to bring unity. I love the, the prayer that Jesus prayed. He says, Father, help them be one just as you and I are one. God, you are God that loves unity. You, 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 you welcome it. So I just pray in the mighty name of Jesus that unity would start to break out in homes. The unity would start to break out of this church, oh Lord. And Lord, we just want to pray for all of us here who are sitting here with our gifts and we're like, I just don't know what to do with it. I don't know how to use it, God. I know you're not a distant God. You're close. You don't leave us like offerings, God, but you come close. So right now, Holy Spirit, would you start speaking to us? I pray for forgiveness for those of us that have silenced the Holy Spirit because we felt like we could do it on our own. I just pray that you give us the strength. Come back into our lives again. Come give us wisdom. Come give us direction. Let us use this gift that you've given us. And we also pray for provision because you're God that gives good gifts and God. If there's anyone in this room that has been praying for a relationship, that's been praying for you to open up a door, God, I just pray that you would meet them, God, and open up that door. If there's anyone in this room who feels lonely and isolated, God, I just pray that you give them the friendship so you bring people inside their lives. We thank you, God, that you care for us, that you see us, and you love us regardless of everything that we've done, but it's also because of what you have done on the cross. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Everyone said it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Guys, I want to give up one more time to God and what he's doing. And then for this amazing panel, I want to give it up for them one more time.